No matter how powerful any given individual might be, they can't do everything alone. There are times when they need to call upon others in order to achieve their objectives. From the bravest heroes to the greatest tyrant, aid needs to be given to them during particular crises. Greetings and welcome back to Checkpoint Gaming Marvel Crisis Protocol. With this episode, we'll be going over deep scenarios. With this episode, we'll be looking at Battle Realm, Collector, and Ultimate Encounter. With Battle Realm, the player should bring a roster of 15 characters along with other team tactic cards and 5 of each crisis card type. During the recruiting phase, characters are to be added to and removed from these rosters. But before this recruiting process can begin, the players will have to select the mission they will be playing for this given game, starting off with the players rolling for priority. Each player will shuffle their secure and extract crisis cards separately and then deal out one of each type face down. A priority player will choose either the secure or extract type followed by taking the two face down cards of that given type with the other player taking the other two cards. Each player will then select one of the two cards that has to be used during the game and place it face down in front of them. They'll then return the other card to its respective owner. When it comes time to do this, reveal the face down card simultaneously followed by the priority player choosing one of the threat values to be used during play. After creating the mission, the players are to go to the green phase where they'll take turns selecting characters from the roster. But with that said, their opponent will have the opportunity to remove characters. For the order in which characters are to be recruited and dismissed, use the following method. The priority player will recruit one character with the off player recruiting one character. From there, the priority player will dismiss one character with the off player dismissing one character followed by recruiting two characters. The priority player will then recruit two characters while the off player dismissing three characters. From there, the priority player will dismiss three characters while the off player recruiting two characters. This is followed by the priority player recruiting two characters and dismissing two characters with the off player dismissing two characters. Then the priority player will recruit two characters and the off player recruiting two characters. The priority player will then dismiss one character and the off player dismissing one character. Finally, the priority player will recruit one character and the off player recruiting one character. After completing these steps, the recruiting phase comes to an end and the players will then have other squads with each player possessing a roster of 8 characters to choose from. It is worth noting that the players can use characters that have been dismissed in order to create their given squads. When selecting Team Tactic cards, they will have full access to all the Team Tactic cards found within their given collection. With that said, the players can now begin playing Battle Realm. Next, we have Collector, which is a means for players to explore their collections by playing with different character combinations that they normally wouldn't try. This version of the game is to be played with two or four players. Instead of building a typical roster, each player will bring two packs of characters and team tactic cards to an event along with a choice of three crisis cards of each type. It is worth noting that when creating packs, players should take into account the characters and team tactic cards that are available to all of the players that are participating in the game. The crisis cards are still used to create the mission, but the third value of 17 will always be used for their missions. From there, shuffle all the packs together in order to create the draft pool where the players will draft their roster from the given pack over four drafting rounds. When creating their packs, each player should try and remember the following rules. First is that the pack should include 7 characters with each pack possessing exactly one character who is designated as the pack leader. Second, at least half of the non-leader characters will have to belong to the affiliation that is connected with the pack leader with the other 3 characters being left up to the player. But with that said, it is recommended that they synchronize with the other characters found within the pack. Third, each pack will include 6 team tactic cards so a pack cannot contain more than 3 team tactic cards that require a given affiliation or specific character. When a team tactic card requires an affiliation or special character, it should match the leadership ability and no characters found in the pack. And fourth, the remaining team tactic card should be unaffiliated and don't require a particular character. When making the packs, the players should feel free to be creative with their construction. Just remember that all players will need to have access to everything that is found in the pack within their given collection. When all the packs have been created, the players will have to follow the following steps in order to draft their collector rosters. First, select a leader which is done by shuffling all the leader character cards together from across the packs. 
from there, they'll add two leader characters to each player, with each player will select one leader and then add to the roster. Once that is done, let's card the other leader character. Second, create a draft pool, which consists of shuffling all the character cards from all the packs together, followed by shuffling all the team tactic cards from all the packs together. And do the shuffling differently so that you have one character draft pool and one team tactic draft pool. Third, pair the players off with a four-player game, seeing this pairing process to be done randomly. Fourth, determine what the draft round order is going to be, which consists of randomly determining who will get first pick of the priority roll. And the player who wins this round will take the priority token. Fifth, set up the draft round where six character cards are dealt out and placed in front of each player if playing a two-player game, or in front of each pair of players if playing a four-player game. Once this has been completed, they allow one team tactic card that is located for each of the character cards. Sixth, draft the characters, which consists of the players taking turns in picking the character cards, starting with the player that possesses the priority token. And when a character card is selected, the associated team tactic card will also be selected. From there, both are added to a player's given roster. Seventh, in the draft round, which is seen when the player has selected two character cards from each round. With the main character and team tactic cards, they are to be dismissed. The priority token is then to be passed to the other player. And eighth, reset for the new round, which sees steps five through seven to be repeated three more times in order to complete the player's roster. When the drafting process has been completed, each player will possess a roster of 9 characters and 8 team tactic cards for them to build a given squad for each game that is played. Players will always have the option to use the leader's affiliation, even if they lack a majority of characters that belong to said affiliation within their squad. Once that has been completed, the players are ready to play this version of the game with these newly created rosters. If playing with the 4 player game, it is suggested that the players play round robin using the same drafted roster or using a new set of crisis cards during each round of play. With that said, the players can now begin playing Collector. Finally, we have Ultimate Encounter, where the player will create a crisis team that possesses multiple squads in order to battle a threat within a unique narrative mission, which is known as an encounter. With each of these encounters, they specify the number of players that can play the encounter accompanied by a squad size for each player during squad composition. When the rules refer to the crisis team, it refers to all the players that are found on the team. If the crisis team is required to make a choice, then the players should work together in order to choose what is the most beneficial option for the team is going to be. And since the members of the Crisis team are working together, they should help out each other during the game. Regarding the Cosmic Threat, it refers to the opponent of the given Crisis team. With the Cosmic Threat player, their goal is to complete their objective and or thwart the plans possessed by the Crisis team. At the end of the activation, instead of adding an activation token to an encounter character, an activated token is to be added to the encounter track. When the encounter track possesses three activation tokens, the inactivation phase comes to an end and the players move to the cleanup phase. And when an effect says that will last for one round or that this effect will happen for this round, it actually doesn't last for the entire round during ultimate encounters. This is because effects that possess a duration like this will last until the end of the next turn of the cosmic third player. For the modified rules for gameplay in an ultimate encounter, they are as follows. During the power phase, each player will gain one power. When resolving any player's effect that occurred during the power phase, start with the side that has priority. Finally, resolving the effects of the encounter or stat card that occurred during the power phase with the priority side selecting the order. During the activation phase, resolve any effect that occurred at the start of said phase starting with the side that possesses priority. When any player effects are done, resolve the encounter or status card effect that occurred at the start of the activation phase. When the crisis team takes its turn, it will activate three other characters. From there, the cosmic threat player will take their turn by activating the encounter character and up to one of the minion characters. When the Conduct Third Player's turn comes to an end, they will add one activation token upon the Encounter Tracker. With the activation of a character, the player can take actions, use superpowers, and interact with the objectives connected with the character. This process will repeat itself until there are three activated tokens placed upon the Encounter Tracker. After three activation tokens have been added, resolve the effects that occur at the end of the activation phase beginning with the priority side. After resolving the player effect, take care of the Encounter or Status Card effects that occur at the end of the activation phase. It is worth noting that the turns and activations with an ultimate encounter is possible and not all the characters will be able to activate every round. 
With that taken care of, let's move on to the cleanup phase. First, the player will score their victory points from the encounter or status card when it is possible to do so, which are marked upon the encounter tracker. Second, resolve the player effect that occurred during the cleanup phase. Third, resolve any effect that occurred from the encounter or status card during the cleanup phase with the priority side deciding upon the order. Fourth, any character that possesses the day's token will remove all the damage tokens that they possess, special conditions, and the day's token. From there, flip the stat card over to the injured side. Fifth, any crafting characters that don't possess an activated token can advance by one. Sixth, remove all the activated tokens found upon the characters and the encounter tracker. And seventh, if the encounter is using a round counter, then move the round token to the next round found upon the encounter tracker followed by beginning a new round. When it comes to that, the squad building, the players will take one or two sides, either the crisis team or the cosmic threat. Build these squads based upon the instructions found on each of the encounter setup cards. And unless it is otherwise stated by the encounter, players can use any characters and team tactic cards found in the collection in order to build a given squad. But it's worth noting that players can duplicate alter egos between their given squads even if their collection would allow this to occur. Though each player can have different affiliations found within their given squad, active leader abilities will only have an effect upon their given squad. But when it comes to that of a team tactic card, they can be used by any allied characters as indicated upon the individual card. Regarding the team tactic cards, when they refer to a character by a given affiliation, the said character will have to be a part of the squad that uses said affiliation. With some of the missions that can be played, they allow the Cosmic Threat player specific additional characters who are known as minions and will always be part of the Cosmic Threat squad. When the mission is struck, a player uses a particular character as one of their minions, but said player doesn't have said character in their collection or otherwise unavailable to use, then the player will use a character that will best fit the player's narrative. Found within the encounters are different options that will change part of the encounter. With that said, the player should agree upon the difficulty level they will be using during setup. And when selecting an ultimate encounter, keep in mind that they are narrative scenarios that are meant to tell a story. While when creating a highly optimized squad that is designed for a given encounter, the difficulty level best selected should be adjusted in order to optimize for this fact. When determining priority for an ultimate encounter, it is not done through a dice roll or a pass during the cleanup phase. Instead, the mission setup will go over how the priority works within that given encounter. If a Cosmic Threat player has minion character in play, each minion will be activated while only once per round, just like a normal character. During the Cosmic Threat player's turn, they can activate one of their minions that doesn't have an activation token found upon it, either before or after they activate the Cosmic Threat. Once the mission has been activated, they will receive an activation token. With encounters, they can tell the players to either gain or draw a status card from one of the decks. With each status card, they can give additional superpowers to a given character, change an existing character rule, or alter the rules of the encounter itself. These cards are to be placed either next to the character's stat card or in the play area of the player who received it. With characters that possess the encounter character keyword, they can only be used in the encounter that identifies them by name and cannot be included in the player's roster. It is worth noting that these encounter characters will always possess a threat level and if they are part of a given affiliation, then they will always be cited upon the setup section of the encounter. With that said, players can now begin playing Ultimate Encounter. And with all that said, this will bookend the main series pertaining to how to go about playing the game Marvel Crisis Protocol. We hope that you have found this to be helpful and allow you to better understand how to go about playing the game. As time progresses and any official updates get put out of the community pertaining to core gameplay, we will return to these episodes and update them accordingly to better reflect the changes that have been made to the game. With the nature of Checkpoint Gaming, we want to present the most up-to-date version of the game to those who wish to play. As time progresses, we may return to this series and address any game rules that are connected with character releases and delve into specific scenarios for the game. We also look forward to hearing from you, the audience, regarding this matter and it can help us decide how we are to proceed. So with that said, we hope that you enjoyed our series pertaining to how to go about playing Marvel Crisis Protocol. If you liked this episode, feel free to give it a like and if you want to stay up to date on any future episodes we upload, go ahead and subscribe. You can also support us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash checkpointgaming. We look forward to seeing you in the next game series, and as always, happy gaming.